It's a different time in our nation. There have been so many things that have been turned upside down. And I think that it's possible that even though I don't believe God would inflict a virus on a nation or the world, that he uses moments like this to reset our priorities, to reset how we function and how we love and how we see him and how we see the local church. And that's what this series was meant to do, is to bring us back to what the church is intended to look like. So normal 2.0 is kind of a play on words where this is the second go around on what normal looks like. But it's also, we've been digging into the book of Acts. In Acts 2, there's a great picture of what the church was meant to look like. Before we jump into the verse, though, I just wanted to um, just kind of set the stage with this. I didn't realize, first of all, I didn't realize that Montana people were so snobby. Now, let me explain what I mean by this. You're probably thinking Montana people are the least snobby people. We're the most real. We're the most authentic. Let me explain. There is one area that I have never met more snobby people in my life, and it is as it, as it pertains to coffee, okay? So <laughs> I have never seen cute little coffee huts everywhere. On every corner, there's coffee everywhere, and honestly, I love it. And Pete was telling me, he's like, that's how we make it through winter. We go through coffee drive throughs all the time in the winter. But, but in, in Baton Rouge, Louisiana, you had Starbucks and a couple local places, but we went to Starbucks a lot, okay? Don't hate me. I, I could talk to a couple of people already here, and they're like, you go to Starbucks, oh, their, their coffee's so bitter, and it's so whatever, and I'm just like, you're such a snob, man. It's like, it's just coffee, chill out. But anyway, I'm in, I'm in drive-thru at Starbucks one day, and I didn't realize, you ever heard the term pay it forward? You know, okay, so like that, yeah, I've heard of that. I've never heard of the term pay it backwards, okay? So apparently, this is a thing, and I didn't realize this. I go up to Starbucks um, drive through one day, and I order a drink, you know, and then whenever I, I go to pay for it, they're like, oh, the person in front of you already paid for your drink. And I'm like, oh, what? What a blessing. I was like, this is amazing. You know, I was like, thank you, God, for this blessing, you know, and I get my drink, and I don't pay for it, and I drive away. And then I was talking to someone else later that day who works there, and he's like, yeah, we do this thing at Starbucks every now and then where, you know, someone will come through, and they'll pay for the person behind them, and then the person behind them will pay for the person behind them, and the person behind them will pay for the person behind them. And I'll just tell you, that train ended with me. <laughs> I had no idea that you were supposed to pay it backwards. Someone blessed me, and it just stopped right there. <laughs> but I thought about how interesting that was. Because in my mind, it didn't even cross my mind that I was blessed to be a blessing. It was just, I just thought this was for me. This was something that I just partake in. I take it from me. I must be something special. Maybe somebody knows me from church and they saw my ministry and they were so impressed that they wanted to buy me a coffee. That ain't what happened. What happened was I missed an opportunity to pass a blessing along. And I want to talk to us today, the message for today is called Devoted, because I want to talk to you about the importance that all of us play in the body of Christ. Your devotion to the body of Christ is necessary, and, and, and you are being blessed to be a blessing, not just to receive. You don't just come into the seats and just receive all the time. I mean, there is something God has put in you. He has instilled in you. He's poured his spirit into you. He's given you gifting so that you can be a blessing. Yeah. Not so you can just sit there and receive and become these, you know, these Christian gluttons where we just get all the time and we just eat and eat and eat. But we're called to pour out. 
We're called to be a blessing. I, I ran across this statistic that I thought was, this was really crazy. Only one third of the people in the average church are what we would call functioning members, or as we say at Hope Church, partners. Only one third of the church actually serves the body of Christ, but the majority of every local church, and I don't really know what the numbers are here, honestly, but the majority of most local churches sit in the seats and receive. And there are seasons for that. I understand that there are seasons when you need healing and you need to grow and you need to be fed and you need to be poured into. And I'm not knocking those seasons. But at some point, what are you, when are you going to do something with what God has, has filled you with? At some point, we're called to pour out. And I want to give a shout out to the Hope team today. There are so many people that serve, that bless people every single week. And they're serving people with their gifting. And here's what, I, here's what I find. Here's why this matters. I have noticed that people grow stagnant when they are just attenders and not contributors. And I've also noticed that the people actually changing the world around them are too busy serving it to complain about it. You ever notice, like, there are so many people that complain about the local church? And I've, man, I'm, I'm passionate about this. I've given my life to the local church. I want to be a part of the local church the rest of my life, no matter what capacity that is in. But there's people that complain about the local church. When you are a part of it and you serve it, you don't have time to complain about it. And you love it deeply. And, but there are so many people that see problems and they see issues. And if you serve it, it changes. It changes the way you even see the local church. My parents gave me a passion for being a part of the local body of Christ. When I was a kid, I don't know if you, if you guys experienced this or not, but well, we went to church all the time. And church attendance today even looks way different than it used to. But my parents taught me from a young age, you go to church on Sunday, even when you're on vacation. I can't tell you the weird churches we went to on vacation. You don't have a chance to like, there was no internet, you know, so you're not like searching someplace online and seeing what kind of church, what has the best kids ministry or whatever. I remember walking in some churches in, in rural Arkansas, you know, and you walk in and people are like fresh blood, you know, they're just like, they got a new family here. And I remember being so weirded out in some of these places. But my parents instilled in me a value for Sundays is God's day. It's a, it's a moment that we dedicate to the Lord, that we are going to be in church. And not just Sundays. I grew up, we went every Wednesday. We went on Sundays. If there was a Sunday night, we would do that too. We just, and I'm not, I'm not trying to be like, like judgmental or like legalistic about this. I understand everybody's life looks different now and people work on Sundays and all now too. But I'm just saying that, that we make time for the things we, like we have, we, we don't really have a priority problem. Uh, we don't really have like a, a time problem, like I don't have time for church, we have a priority problem because we have all of these things that we love and we give our time to, right? We give our time to a lot of things and it might be, you know, things that, that matter, but nothing matters as much as being a part of what Jesus gave his life for, to build and grow the local church, his bride. That's what I want to be a part of. But, you know, a regular attendee in church only shows up about three out of every eight Sundays and it's just, it's just different now. It's just different. People don't, don't prioritize church as often. But I, th I find that we just make time for the things that we value the most. So I want to look at, and the reason I bring all that up and I set the stage with that is because you see that devotion has to be part of the Christian life or you don't reap the benefits of, of it. So Acts 2, verse 42, and we're going to look at the priorities that the early church had. Verse 42, it says this, all the believers, somebody say all. All the believers devoted themselves to a few things, to the apostles' teaching, 
to fellowship, to sharing in meals, including the Lord's Supper, and to prayer. And a deep sense of awe came over them all. Say all. All. And the apostles performed many miraculous signs and wonders. And here it is again. And all the believers met together in one place and shared everything they had. They sold their property and possessions and shared their money with those who were in need. They worshiped together in the temple each day. They met in homes for the Lord's Supper and they shared meals with great joy and generosity. All the while praising God and enjoying the goodwill of all the people. And each day the Lord added to their fellowship, those who were being saved. I love this. I love this passage. I love how it mentions that there was a deep sense of awe that came over them all. Can I just challenge you today that, that you will not experience the deep sense of awe unless you were devoted to it? Like, like what, I, what I love about this is that there was, a, there was an awe, but it wasn't just something that they watched happen. It was something they participated in. So I, I, maybe this will help you today, but I just thought of this this week, and this helps me. Awe is not an observation, but awe is a participation. It's not something that we watch God do for others, but we are a part of what God is doing. I want to be a part of what God is doing. You are responsible for your own sense of wonder. If you ever like come into church or you are a part of a small group or something, you're like, ah, oh, it was all right. It's not somebody else's responsibility to wow you. Like, like we are not created to come in and be like, it's not my job, honestly. It's not Pastor Lance's job to feed you every time you need to eat. Did you know that? My kid, who's six years old, is learning to make his own food. When you are an infant, you need to be fed. But grown folks make their own sandwiches. There is a point and there is a, a time in our life where maturity kicks in, and I begin to feed myself. And I am so grateful that Pastor Lance does feed me every Sunday. He does have something to bring, but that's not the only meal I'm eating. I'm going to allow the Spirit of God to minister to me all throughout the week. And I'm going to come into the house of God with expectation, with, with a wow, with a sense of wonder. And, you know, I think this one of the things that's interesting to me is that as I've been meeting a bunch of Montana people, I've met so many people that have been like, you know, I haven't even gone to the trail or the lake or the thing that I saw you guys did last weekend. And, like, right now, it's all super fresh for us. So we're, like, trying to hike and do stuff all the time. We're like, oh, it's amazing. I can't believe there's, like, a mountain. Like, I think this is so silly. But I get excited about seeing rocks. Because uh, we have no rocks in Louisiana. It's just mud. <laughs> and, like, I'm excited about the stupidest things. But I talk to people in Montana that grew up in this, and they're just like, you know, I've never actually done this. Is it possible that there's a sense of wonder available to you that you never partake in? That you can come into the presence of God and to encounters with other believers with awe and we miss it? Is it possible that we're surrounded by the goodness of God and God wants to do miracles, but we just come in and we're like, well, that's just part of what we do. It's not something we appreciate or look forward to or amazed by. And I hear Christians say things like, oh, the worship wasn't whatever enough. The message wasn't fill in the blank enough. And there was just such a consumer mindset about those kinds of things. What if you worshiped at home? What if you opened your Bible and you read and you dug in on your own? Then I believe that every moment that we sing any song and every time that any word is preached, then we get excited about it. 
because we're not looking to be wowed or impressed. We're just joyous to be in the presence of God, that it is an opportunity that the Spirit of God wants to come and he wants to visit us right here in this moment. There's a book, A.W. Tozer wrote one of my favorite books called The Pursuit of God, and he said this in the book. He said, complacency is a deadly foe of all spiritual growth. Acute desire must be present or there will be no manifestation of Christ to his people. He waits to be wanted. Did you know that God wants to be wanted? That he responds to anticipation? That he responds to his spirit of awe? That we come in and we want the moments that we meet together, we are ready, we are anticipating, we are excited, we believe that God is going to do something? That we come in with anticipation. Look at what it says in Matthew 5. This, if you know Matthew 5, you know it's like the greatest sermon of all time. It's, it's Jesus' probably longest sermon that I believe that is um, recorded at all. It's this whole chapter. He talks about the Beatitudes. He talks about all kinds of things. One of the greatest sermons of Jesus' life. And this is how it says it begins. One day, as he saw the crowds gathering, Jesus went up on the mountainside and he sat down. His disciples gathered around him, and he began to teach them. What I love about this perspective before we see this great sermon is that Jesus noticed anticipation. He noticed crowds gathering. What's he going to say now? What's he going to do now? Is he going to do another miracle? What's he going to say? He's always, he's always shocking the Pharisees. He always has something to say. I can't wait to see what he's going to say next. The crowds were gathering. The disciples gathered. They were waiting in bated breath, waiting. What could he say? And Jesus delivers this powerful sermon. And I wonder how many times we're like, oh, church wasn't that good today. I wonder how much of it has to do with the way that we come into the building. I wonder how much of it has to do with our expectation and our excitement and our passion and us looking forward to it. Jesus responds when we gather with anticipation. Brooke and I came to Glacier last year, and we're walking on the High Line Trail. And we're, as we're walking, Brooke walks right by this little spot, and I stopped her. I said, Brooke, stop. And right there, there was this marmot. This marmot was right there on the ground, and she, like, literally stepped over it. And this marmot was just, like, real cool. He was just, like, sitting there. And I got, I'm not kidding, I got probably this close to this thing. And I'm sure people were maybe feeding it, whatever, you know, and it was hanging around on the trail. But I thought it would have been very easy. Brooke did step over it. It would have been very easy for me to step over it, too. But I was looking. What could I see? What could I see? What could I see? I don't want to miss anything. And I wonder how many times we step over the little things, those little moments, when God wants to give you an opportunity to pray with someone and someone could have been healed and we miss it. Or someone needs to hear the message of Jesus, the good news of Jesus, as you go out to Home Depot while you're social distancing. That's a joke because they ain't social distancing nowhere out there. <laughs> but what if God wants to give you an opportunity everywhere you go and we just, we're too busy stepping over all the moments? And we come into church on Sunday, and we're stepping over the moments, and we're like, ah, what are we going to get for lunch after? I, I've got other plans. I've got things. You know, maybe I should even go to church today. It's a great day outside. We go hit the kayaks instead. How many moments do we miss because we don't gather with anticipation? And I think there's a couple of reasons. You know, it's, it's said again and again, they all met together. They all experienced this outpouring of God's spirit and the blessing on the local church together, right? And I think there's a lot of reasons that people don't go all in at the local church. 
And I've been guilty of some of these too. And some of these are pretty legit reasons, but things that we just have to learn to get by. So one of the reasons that people, I think that people don't go all in at the local church is just simply apprehension. People are looking at, they're like, I don't know if I want to be a part of that small group. I don't know if I want to be a part of, of Living Waters. I don't know if I want to come in and like pray with someone on Sunday. I, man, people, honestly, people in the church, they're hypocrites. And, and, if, and if that's the thing you say that people in the church are hypocrites, you're right. I am. You are too. We all are. And I, that's one of the things that makes the local church so beautiful is that Jesus came for every hypocrite in this room. That Jesus came and he transformed all of our lives. And we, we're, it's impossible for us to do what we need to do. We need the help of the Spirit. And that's what makes this community so beautiful. So there might be a, an apprehension and a, I don't know if I can trust these people, but we can trust God. And I think that when we see what God does in every one of our lives, he's like, you know what? That person's not perfect, but I see the Spirit of God working in them. So I'm going to give myself to this community. Another reason that, that we don't really go all in at the local church is simply is selfishness. I got, I got stuff I want to do. I got, I got things that, that matter to me. And, and I just remember there was a time at our, at our church, we were at a large church before we planted a church years ago, and there was, there was a, a man who complained to me on a Sunday morning because he couldn't sit in the seat he normally sits in. And it was because we were having a youth event that weekend, and that weekend was like a youth takeover Sunday. So all these students had spent the whole weekend in the presence of God, crying out to God, life being changed. It was amazing. And on that Sunday morning, it just all kind of wrapped up with these students seeking God on a Sunday morning all together, taking over the whole center seating area in the church. And this old man is grumbling. He's like, why can't I sit in my seat? I normally sit there. And they've got a 15-year-old kid sitting in my seat. And I said, surely, surely you're not telling me that the seat you sit in is more important than the next generation crying out to God and wanting a revival in their generation. I know that's not what you're telling me, but that's what it sounds like you're telling me. And he didn't like that. So he walked away all mad, huffing and puffing. That's my seat, you know what? And I just encourage, I would encourage people. It's, it's funny. It's so silly. I know that's like a dumb thing. But there's all these little things like that. That's my, I paid for that seat. I, I, I would, I've been here in this church for so many. There's so many people who have a legacy in this church, and I applaud that legacy. And every person I've met who's been here a long time are the most gracious people I've ever met. But it's possible in any local church that when you're there, it's like, this is my place. And I don't want things to change. I like three songs or four songs. I like the message to be, I like to be done at a certain time, or I like it to go longer. Whatever it is, we've got all these expectations and these things that we want church to become. And we're like, I'll get involved when they start doing this. I'll get involved when they start singing more of these kinds of songs. When Pastor Lance starts preaching more of this theology, then I'll get involved. But I'm waiting for the church to become like I want it to be. Then I'll connect to it. And the local church isn't about any of us. It's about Jesus. And, and honestly, this church cannot be what it needs to be unless you become a part of it. We need you. We need you. I was, at a, I was at a creek in Arkansas a few years ago, and we're swimming, and the water's really beautiful. There's rocks everywhere. You know how excited I get about rocks, but we're swimming around. You know, it was so beautiful, and I stand up out of the water, and one of the kids points at me and says, Dad, there's something on your back, and I turn around, and Brooke notices there's a leech on my back. 
And I'm just like, I mean, I'm a pretty manly guy, like, on most times. But this leech was on my back, and I started freaking out just a little bit, right? So I'm like, get this leech off of me, you know, and I finally get it off before it had, um, you know, had too much damage on me and sucked too much of my blood. But I was just thinking, like, man, that's exactly what it's like when people, and pardon me if this is a little too strong, but if you come and you just sit and you never give, you never are a part of it. You just, you just take. You just take and you take from the life of the church and you take from the life of the ministers and you take from the life of everyone. Like there are so many, this Hope team, honestly, kids ministry, every team here, they can use some more people. We could use some more help. There are so many different teams that help to advance the gospel and reach people in this community. And honestly, every single member in the local church, every single person needs to become a partner, needs to become someone who is a part of that. So I want to talk about a couple of ways that we can devote ourselves, that we can go all in for the local church. And this is what, we see this all in Acts 2. You can go, we read it, but you can see it if you dig in and you begin to study it more. But here's the first thing they did. They devoted their time. They devoted their time. Time is like, you cannot get more of it. It's the only, it's, it's non-replenishable. It's a resource that it is gone and it is gone. You just, you only get the future. You don't get the past back. You got a certain amount of time. That's why people value it so much. But they devoted their time because they understood that their time here on earth mattered for eternity. So they wanted every moment here to have eternal consequence. So they gave their time. And it says that they met regularly together. So make Sundays a priority. Make team nights a priority. Make moments that, make small groups a priority. Make living waters a priority. Make, make ministry, make being a part of the local body of Christ a priority. Brooke and I were in a, a mega church in Baton Rouge years ago before we moved to Baton Rouge to start a church. We were in the huge church for about a year, and we love this church. And we were being fed, and we were being poured into, and it was life-giving. It was an awesome ministry to be a part of. But God convicted us about a year in. Because at that time, we were driving about an hour to get to that church. And it was almost impossible for us to get involved in the life of the church. So we were there, and we were being fed, and the worship was amazing. It was perfect. There was no local church like it. Every local church was lame. The messages were lame. The worship was lame, everything in comparison. And God convicted us and said, you're called to be a part of the local body of Christ, not just sit in the seats. So we made a decision to leave that church that was just perfect, to be a part of something very imperfect, but that we were called to serve. And if we had not done that, we would never have found, maybe, we would maybe have never have found the calling that God had in us for ministry. Because when we got to that small church, there were gaps that God had created us to fill. God had created us to be a part of that ministry. And we began to see ourselves flourish. And it wasn't perfect. And it was messy on a lot of different levels. But God called us to be a part of the mess. And we found fulfillment and joy and excitement. And we loved being a part of that church. Because we gave ourselves to something way bigger than us, even though it was not self-serving at all. We gave ourselves to a purpose and a mission that was bigger than us. And I love how it said that God, that God added to the numbers. It says this in Acts 2 about how it says that God added to their fellowship. I love how it says that because it reminds me that whenever God adds to this church, he doesn't just add to Pastor Lance's blessing or the pastor's blessing. This is a blessing for you as well. This is your fellowship. This isn't just the people who get paid to do ministries fellowship. This is your fellowship. 
You get to partake in the blessing of this church growing, of revival happening in this church when you devote yourselves to it. So they devoted their time. The second thing they devoted is they devoted their resources. And that can look like a lot of things. It's basically like what we have, what we own. And we talk about generosity in this church, and a lot of times we think it's money, and, and it is. That is part of it. You see in that that they gave money to the apostles, and they trusted them to take care of the needs in the church, and that's part of it. But that's not all of it. A few weeks ago, um, Pastor Justin and Aaron wanted to take our family out and kayak. We had never done kayaking before, so we went out to Whitefish Lake. They didn't have enough kayaks, but they, they put in some kayaks, and the Kazazas and Eureka put in some kayaks, and the Reese's put in some kayaks, and, and even Mr. Ernie Hay here put in a kayak. And because of all of the generosity of all these people coming together, we all got to go out on Whitefish Lake and enjoy kayaking for the first time. And now we're hooked and we bought our own kayaks. But <laughs> and it, was, it was amazing. But that's what generosity looks like. Nobody gave us money, but they shared what they had. And, and I think that that's part of what being a part of the body of Christ looks like, that we're going to share what we have, that I'm going to bless you with what I have. I have a skill or I have a gift or I have a tool. I hate learning out tools because it never comes back the same or if it comes back at all. But God convicted me about that a few years ago, too. He said, it's not your tools. Well, all right, fine. So I'm going to just bless people with my tools. If you need a tool, come and get a tool. So, but that's part of what it means to resource the body of Christ, that I'm going to be a part of this thing. I'm going to devote my resources to the local church. Tom Rainer said this in his book, I Am a Church Member. He said, a club mentality sees tithes and offerings as membership dues that entitle members to privileges and expectations instead of an unconditional, cheerful gift to God. Man, what, what a true statement. But it's funny how some people will do that. We had, years ago, there was a guy who wanted to bless our student ministry with a drum set, a brand new drum set. So he comes to me and he says, hey, I've got a brand new drum set and I just want to give it to the student ministry. And I was like, gosh, that's, man, thank you so much. Such a huge blessing, we really needed a good set. So he comes in one day, we're all excited, we set up the drum set. And, um, we, we, you know, we get it all mic'd and we, we test it out. And it's just like, dude, this is so, so awesome. And then he, he, he talks to me later and he's like, hey, um, you know, the drum set we gave you, you remember that, right? Yeah, well, um, hey, my son plays drums. And, uh, and I just wanted, I wanted to make sure that he had an opportunity to play drums. And I was like, well, I mean, your son never comes to student ministry. And he's not very good. He doesn't practice. Um, so... Are you saying he's going to, like, commit and get better? And he's like, well, I don't, I don't know, but it was a gift. So obviously, you know, there should be, you should give something back to me. I want my son to be able to play. So I just said, you know what, just take the jumps back. We don't need them. And that, that man, he was so mad at me. He was so upset. And I said, I don't want to do ministry with strings attached. I don't want to have to, I don't want to have to feel like I owe somebody. I'm doing this for Jesus. I could, I could do anything else in the world if I don't get to do this with no strings attached. I want to serve, serve the Lord. I want to challenge you. Don't ever put that kind of pressure on our pastor either. Like, like there's, been, there's been times when there have been people in small churches that we've been a part of that have said, I gave my tithes and on. I don't want drums in the church anymore. I don't want to hear that anymore. We don't want rock and roll in the church. And, and people just call out pastors for the weirdest things and try to put pressure on them and make them do things a certain way. But when you go all in at the local church, you trust that, hey, listen, I'm going to give my time. I'm going to give my resources, and I'm just going to trust that the church knows what to do with it. I'm, I'm going to trust that, I'm gonna trust that, that leadership that's there. 
And I think there's such a blessing that comes with that. Really, entitlement's the opposite of Christ-like giving. I don't want to be—I don't want to be that way personally. I want to just give and just trust the body of Christ that the leadership of the church knows what's going on, knows what to do. Here's the last thing, and here's what I really want you to go away with today. They devoted their gifts. They devoted their gifts. And I mean the spiritual gift that was put in you on the day of salvation, the day that you were maybe baptized in the Spirit and the Spirit of God poured gifts into you. There there are things that the Spirit of God put into you, and not for not to impress people. If you got the gift of prophecy, it's not so that you can go around and you know, tell everybody their business and have a word of knowledge for people. It's, it's so that you can edify and build a local church. If you have the gift of hospitality, it's not so that you can decorate your house nice and look at my gifting, look at how beautiful my living room is, it's so that you can have people over and make them feel like family. Whatever the gifting is that, that you've been given, you've been given it to grow the body of Christ, to build the body of Christ, to love the people in the body of Christ. So I want to challenge you today, man, whatever that thing is that God God has blessed you, some of you are businessmen, and you don't really know what to do with that. There's a space for you in the body of Christ. We need your your leadership direction. We need your your wisdom about how to make business decisions and how, how to you know, how, how to make wise financial decisions and all of those things through small groups. Or maybe you're going to lead a financial small group if you have the gift of giving and God has blessed you financially. There are young couples in this church that can probably use some of your wisdom. The gifting God's poured into you, pour it out. Bless the local church with it. You're a necessary part of the body of Christ. I've, I've met people, and, and I know that these guys have already done so much with their gifting, but I met Sean Morgan, I wonder if we were shooting videos during quarantine and I heard that he had gifting and like he had served in in theater and drama and television, things like that. And I was like, man, that's so good. And I know that he's already done a lot of ministry with that. But I started thinking, how can we use that? How can we use that in the body of Christ? Brad was talking to me about how he served in radio for years. How can we use that? Who do you know that knows voiceover stuff? How do you, you know, I'm, you know, I've always got this production mindset. I'm thinking about how do we do that to reach people online or whatever. What does God put in you that you can get creative with? That God wants to use you to reach the local church with the gifting that God's given you. I, there are people in our valley that it is impossible for us to reach unless you loan your gifts to the church. There's just only so much we can do. But together, the body of Christ, I believe every local community is gifted to reach our surrounding area, our valley. But it requires those who have those giftings to step up and say, hey, I'd do this. I don't know if it's useful, but I have a heart for this. I have a passion for this. I'd love to see this ministry in our church. And pro tip, don't be like, I've got an idea for a ministry. Um, Here's the idea. Go ahead and make it happen. (laughs) That's not super helpful. But if you have something on your heart, is it possible that God has given you that desire and that passion so that you can spearhead that thing? Then you talk to the right leadership here and you get the blessing of the church and you get the training that you need or whatever. And but we want to we want to empower the local church, the community of believers to use their giftings to reach our valley for Jesus. But you gotta do it. You gotta be willing to step out and do it. So the question is not, should I serve my church? The question is, how should I serve my church? When can I jump in? When can I be a part of it? And, and I, I just want to challenge you with this last statement. I don't think that Jesus gave his life to 
to build a church that we would only serve modestly. He gave his life so that we would give our lives to it as well. How, how insulting is it to a groom to treat his bride without respect, right? And, and, and the bride of Christ, the local church, Jesus gave his life for her because she's the hope of the world. She's the one that carries the message of Jesus. I wanna give my life to the local church. So I don't know, maybe, maybe God's challenging you today to go all in and to be committed to the local church in some way. And I know there are so many already that are, but maybe today God's challenging you to give a little bit more time, a little bit more of your resource to, to let your spiritual gifting bless the local church. And I just wanna, just wanna challenge you with an action step today. In, in July, we're gonna be doing our next steps classes. We're gonna do it on July 12th and July 26th. And those will be your next opportunities to really get connected to the life of the church and find out how you're gifted and to be a part of it. So today, I just wanna challenge you, maybe the Spirit of God is asking you to step up and go all in and, and surrender a little bit more to the life of the local church. So if you would say today, I just wanna pray a blessing over us and that the gifts of God would be poured out into us. But if you would say, hey, I wanna go all in. I wanna be a blessing to the local church. I wanna bless it, I wanna honor it. I wanna see the message of Jesus spread throughout this valley and anything that I can do to help that become a reality, you can count me in. If that's you, if you wanna be a part of the mission of Jesus through Hope Church, could you just stand? I just want you to visually say, hey, that's me. I wanna do this, I wanna be a part of the mission. I wanna go all in, I wanna bless the local church. I wanna use the gifting that God has poured out in me. I wanna pray over us and then just a prayer of blessing, a prayer where the Spirit of God can pour His gift into us. And if you need prayer in a moment, we're gonna have people where our banners are lit up, ready to pray with you as well. And then Pastor David will come up and wrap up our service. Jesus, I thank you for your word. I thank you that in this series, Normal 2.0, you are reminding us of the initial outpouring of your Spirit in the local church and what that could look like today is so many things are changing around us and life looks different, church life looks different. And right now, as we are letting your spirit do a reset in the way that we think about church, I pray that you would help us to see how we can go all in. Those of us who need to give time or resource or our gifting or even something else, Lord, that you're asking us to bless the local church with, I thank you for the gifts that are represented in this room, for the people, for their spirit, for their giving attitude. Lord, I thank you for all that you have already done. Lord, there's some who maybe be watching online or maybe standing here today that for whatever reason, they haven't jumped in. They haven't gone all in. They haven't committed their, their life and their gift to the local church. And Lord, I pray that if it's your spirit that's convicting them and they're not being swayed by everyone else standing or anything that I said, but if it's your spirit doing it, Lord, I pray that this decision would stick, that they would see the purpose in devoting themselves to the local church. So Lord, I ask right now that your spirit would be poured out, that new giftings would be poured out in people. If you're hungry for a fresh touch of the spirit, if you're hungry for the new gift of the spirit to be poured out or refreshing in you, just lift your hands right now. Lord, I just pray that you would respond to our anticipation and our hunger today. Pour out your
your gift for us. Lord, we don't want it just for us. We want it for you. We want it so that we can grow your church. We're in this for you. We're in this for the glory and the name of Jesus. So, Lord, we make ourselves available to you. Lord, you can have more time. You can have our resource. Most of all, you can have who we are. You can have what you've gifted us with. We want to build and grow your church. So our life is yours. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name.